Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I'm Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Tony, a uh, little bit of a rough start to the road trip tonight. White Sox fall 8-7, to seven. Uh, a little bit of dramatics at the end of that game. Uh, but as you like to call it, a little bit of Ricky's boys don't quit bullshit um, towards the end. Uh, that, that's that's what I got out of this. How about you? Exact same thing there, Johnny. Um, very winnable ball game tonight. There's a lot of things that the White Sox could have done um, to put themselves in a little bit better position to win this one. Uh, you saw a lot of your production coming out of the middle of the order. I uh, would like to see that. Um, Reynaldo Lopez didn't exactly have his A-plus stuff tonight. Um, you, you probably got like a B-minus-C version of Raylo, in my opinion. Um, and just some bad defensive mistakes, man, that you just you can't make. This is... I don't know. It's major, supposed supposed to be Major League Baseball. Um, and the defense just didn't look like a Major League defense tonight. And here you go. Uh, you're handed an 8-7 loss. Um, you know, it, the, the offense showed up, did what it needed to do. But, uh, you know, a lot of stuff coming late again, Johnny. And you can't go into these games trying to score five runs in the ninth inning. That's not a recipe for success. No, not at all. Uh, I, that's why I said that uh, maybe a little harsh in my intro there, but it really is. You, you know, you, you kind of do credit them for fighting towards the end there, but you, you're just not putting yourself in the best position to win if that's the situation that you find yourself in come that top of the ninth inning, Tony. Uh, I think that it is what both you and I are both hinting at uh, when we say that Ricky's boys don't quit BS, that type of line, um, because it, it was a little bit of a cliche, kind of gave us something to whatever talk about, I guess, during 2017 first year of the crap rebuild. And then, uh, you know, it, it just kind of lingered on since then became kind of a catchphrase. It is catchy, uh, and just the sound of it. But I mean, y- you don't want to be in that situation because it always seems like it's coming up short. It's, Oh, well they didn't quit. And it, like, that's supposed to be some sort of consolation for us. Um, and I am in the business of winning ball games, Tony, uh, you talked about some of the things that cost us this win though. Um, let's get right to Yulmer Sanchez, um, Oof. six inning. But let's just uh, let's. Why did the White Sox lose this game? Let's go to the sixth inning. Um, Sox went down one, two, three in their half. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez recorded one out in the sixth. Josh Osich comes in. Mike Trout. He gets Mike Trout out. So that, that's you know that, that that didn't happen too much tonight because Trout. No. Um, you know he uh, he he ended up going uh, four for four. So um, I, I mean I. <sighs> The next, the next play though, this is where this is where it unravels. I just am flustered even like looking at my notes from this, Tony. Um, Yolmer just kind of bobbles around on an Otani grounder um, that looked. I wouldn't say it was routine per se, but it's a play that your second baseman should make. I think both you and I can agree on that. And what happens right after that? Upton comes up and hits a three-run bomb. Um, man, you know. I, <laughs> I, I wish this was a visual one so we could throw up the replay of this Yulmer play. Um, but it, it's fucking embarrassing, Tony. Johnny, I think you were a little too nice when you said that this was not a routine play. You got to run around first. This is a double play depth situation. Just the range, I guess, going. It's I not mean, like it's right to you. I guess that's, that's what I meant. Outs, I there's two outs. There's two outs. Yeah, so let's let's go back. There there were two outs in this situation, so you don't really you're not really in need of playing double play depth. 
you get the ground ball. It, to me, it looked more like he had trouble choosing whether or not he wanted to go to second base for the out or first base. You got two outs. Take the easy play. You know, that this is just heads-up baseball stuff. You have to have the idea of where you're going with the ball when the ball's hit to you. And Yomer had no clue. He had absolutely no clue. Just take the out at first, man. I, I, don't, I don't understand why he even looked to second base when that runner goes by him, you know, on that ground ball. There's, there really wasn't a play there. I mean, granted, I don't know in his head if he, you know, miscalculated how many outs there were, thought he needed to go get a double play, thought that that, that force at second was going to be there. He makes the throw to first base just a little too late. I mean, this is, again, mental mistakes killing you right here. You know, it's it's so frustrating to watch some of that stuff. Turn around, and then Upton puts one in the, <laughs> puts one into the bullpen or whatever that is out there. I don't even know if it's a bullpen. It's just kind of like a rocky area. And all of a sudden, that's two more runs. Three that more was runs. Oh, yeah, three more. I forgot there's a guy over in third. You can't do that. You can't have that happen. Just, you could have been out of that inning. You look at the score right here. I mean, that's your ball game. That's your ball game right there. Because I can guarantee you, had that not happened, you'd be seeing Alex Calame in the ninth inning if you still put up those four runs, closing it down, and we'd be talking about a winner tonight. Yeah, that's why I wanted to jump right to this. Um, I think you just laid it out there perfectly. Um, I mean, mental mistakes, it's its just frustrating. And that's why I'm kind of tripping over my words here for this. Um, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people right now that are calling for seeing Danny Mendick because I think the height of Yulmer was, what, last season? Um, and that wasn't, I mean, that wasn't great. That was a replacement level, pretty much player. Um, but there were a, some a plus pouring Gatorade of, over other, over himself. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be too hard on Yomer Sanchez for everything. He has been somewhat, somewhat serviceable. I mean, he's got a positive, positive B war 0.7. You know, he's not exactly just complete terrible every time he steps out. of the <laughs> But, you know, you're right. There are a lot of people calling for him. But, you know, he's 246, 309, 318. It's, it's nothing that jumps off. Nothing that jumps off the, uh, the charts here. Um, just kind of an average, average guy. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I understand like all of those numbers and obviously that's why he's still around here. Um, but he, he's definitely not in the long term plans of this thing. And that's why people want to see what we actually have uh, that is lower than that. And you know what? I, I'm not too strongly either way. I mean, obviously, play like that uh, resulting in a loss like this makes you feel that way when we're hot off it. Right. You know, recording this post game show. But um, there is there is an argument to be made that Danny Manick is a homegrown talent and you haven't really seen at all for at the major league level. Um, you just, I don't know. It, I guess we get into these discussions because shit like this happens, but um, it's, 
Just give me the Peter Griffin. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I you mean, know, it, 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 that's where we're at right now, Tony. It's unfortunate, but uh, I, th- there's a side for each. Like, like you had mentioned Yulmer's stats themselves, and then also, obviously, uh, the case for Mendick that he hasn't gotten a shot yet. You know, here's the other thing, too, um, that I wanted to kind of get at. Um, Yulmer has experience over at third base, I think a lot more than, than Lurie Garcia. And I, I, I get that Yomer's played second base consistently this year, and you don't really want to mess too much with the, the double play combination. But I would have been a lot more comfortable tonight had I seen Lurie Garcia over at second base and Yomer at third. Um, yep. There was just a few plays, especially the one play where uh, Lurie cut off Tim Anderson, and Tim actually was able to make the play. You're just kind of watching it, and you're like, this shouldn't be happening on a Major League Baseball diamond. It just, the, the defense did not look good tonight. There were, no, you know, and that's, I think, very nitpicky. But I feel like maybe Lurie maybe makes that play at second, and Yomer stays out of somebody's way at third, and you give yourself just a little bit better of a chance to win the ballgame tonight. Um, you know, you want these guys to be versatile. Lurie and Yomer are both, they're both platoon guys, I think. Maybe utility guys is a better label for them. Um, Garcia, obviously, uh, a tier higher on the utility guy tier. Maybe two tiers higher than Yomer. But, you know, it was just... I want Mankata back so bad. And that's something yep. else that I wanted to talk a little bit about. He's down in Charlotte tonight and didn't even didn't even start in that game. So there's still something there. I thought we'd be getting close to seeing him on Monday. Maybe he only needs two games down there, but I just can't wait to see him back in this lineup, man. Um, that's all I really wanted to touch on there. You want to talk a little bit about this offense? Because if I keep talking about this defense, dude, it's it's late. It's it's already yeah, one in the morning. If I keep talking about this this defense, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight because yeah, it's you're going to be nightmares. You're going to lose it. I, I got one comment. Right, we'll jump right into the offense after that. Um, when you made your point about flipping those two guys, Lurie and Yulmer, Yulmer played a full season at third yet last year, uh, back when Moncada was still a second baseman. That, that's just my thing. And you got Lurie coming off. He didn't play at all in the Houston series. It was scratched Sunday versus Oakland, I believe. So he had a four game absence. And you're going to throw him right back in at a position he's not used to playing. Obviously, the outfield is most common. And then other than that, it's been mainly middle infield this year. I know he's played third base in spring training and whatnot, but not the best idea in my mind. Um, no, just I just throwing him into that position. But we, we yeah. can move on to the offense after that. That was just my two cents on it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I just don't think that that's, that's something that was really thought about or considered by, by Ricky when, when making this lineup. Maybe it was, but, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, you know, it's just something that I probably would have done. Uh, like you said, full season at third base versus a guy who has maybe gotten a few innings over there yeah. <laughs> over the last year or so. It just it, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, let's get into the offense, and then I've got some comments about the uh, the broadcast itself to make. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about tomorrow. So the offense today, Johnny, um, they stayed they stayed hot. You know, put up another seven runs. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this last night. The White Sox tend to fall into some of these traps and 
put up 10 runs one night and can't get anything across the board the next. That wasn't tonight. Um, obviously, it took till the fourth inning for the Sox to get on the board. Um, Jose Abreu was a big part of the White Sox getting on the board. Kudos on your pick to Cliff here tonight. He's seeing the ball very well. Um, two home runs tonight. Uh, that's exactly what you want out of your number three guy. Absolutely, Tone. Um, I was glad that my pick to click hit. Um, Jose Abreu, two bombs tonight, like you had just mentioned. Um, nice to see him because, you know, I kind of got to walk back some of my comments uh, when I was making that selection. Jose Abreu did go 2 4 uh, in that game against Houston, the series finale. They did it kind of quietly. Um, you know, he, he didn't have the big hit. I think it gets overshadowed by McCann in that finale. But uh, tonight, he, he made himself very well known. Uh, with those two bombs, obviously the first one being a two-run bomb to tie it in that fourth inning, like you had mentioned, uh, that was what opened the scoring for the White Sox there. And then his other one came uh, leading off the seventh inning, uh, and that was to make it eight to three. And at the time, you kind of think that oh, it's, you feel like it's garbage time because we're already down eight to three, and you know you just had that deflating um, three-run bomb by Upton in the uh, bottom of the six right before that. So you, you kind of didn't think too much of it. But when you, when you look at what happened, because uh, most of the other offense happens in the ninth inning, uh, where things get a little bit weird, some weird baseball, Tony. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out in our favor uh, end result-wise. But this was a little weird because I was texting you as soon as the White Sox came up to the plate in the ninth inning. And I was saying, hey, I'm good to go as soon as, you know, thinking that this yep. thing was going to be done in eh, you know, probably 10, 15 minutes max. Um, but then, no, they, they hung around a little bit longer. Uh, let's talk about this weird ninth inning. Timmy leads it off with a weak infield single. I guess they rolled it a single. And by the way, I, I think these rulings are just ridiculous. I know they want to reward the hitters for doing their job. But dude, some, some of these, I know Timmy's was a little bit further in, kind of like a high chopper and whatnot. But there, there's some infield singles that just get ruled. They should be errors. They're ruled singles. It just kind of drives me a little bit nuts. Let's have some accountability in the field. Um, maybe it'll make someone's mentality like Yolmer Sansa is a little bit better. Anyway, James McCann. Uh, he hits a double down the line. I'm going to say it, it did end up being a triple, but it did look like a double when it trickled down the line. And then it hits that weird sidewall. If we're talking hockey here, we're hockey guys, a little half wall action there, Tony. Oh, yeah. Um, and it it was like he just, some you know, McCann sauced it. He, he sliced it and then sauced it off that wall, uh, got into the corner. It's rare to hear about James McCann triple, but that's where we were. Uh, that brings Timmy in. And then uh, Eloy comes up. And he hits an infield single. This was a legit one, though. That was kind of through the hole. No chance for anyone mm-hmm. to get that one. That, that, that one's a legit, you know, infield single technically because the ball didn't go through all the way to the outfield. Um, but then uh, Beef Castillo, man, uh, he, he comes up and hits an oppo shot that just clears that high wall in right field. Um, and I was feeling good at this point. I mean, you just felt like the angels were starting to get flustered because they had already gone to the pen. Um, you know, things are just looking like they're unraveling because I was watching a game, um, from our North siders of town and oh. that unraveled in their ninth inning. So, um, I was thinking hopefully we could do, uh, the same that the Phillies did to the Cubs tonight. Um, so Yolmer gets on with the single after beefs home run to run shot. Uh, and then Jay grounds into what should have been the inning double play. But throw goes by first, and there's a challenge on the play, and it's, come on, how soft can we be? If, if I mean, Yolmer 
he slides right into the bag and they're going to challenge that he was taking away a throwing lane from him. Come on. That's, that, that is weak and lame, Tony. It is weak and lame. I, I miss old time baseball sometimes just because of stuff like this. Meatball take of the day. Love it. Um, all right. Then Ryan Gones strike out to end it. So, yeah, not, not very punctuated ending there. But uh, that is what happened. We just want to give you the rundown of that because that ninth inning was ridiculous. And like I would mentioned in the intro, uh, a little bit of that Ricky's boys don't quit BS. I mean, it is kind of cliche, but Tony, it was good to see them not roll over and die um, because when Abreu hit that home run the seventh, like I had mentioned, I just kind of thought it was kind of throwaway garbage time one. Oh, that's great to pad the stats, but that's not going to do anything for us. Uh, little <laughs> did I know that this ninth inning was going to come up. Yeah, you know, Johnny, one thing here. Um, for as much as we give the the Ricky's boys BS, uh, Ricky's boys don't quit BS, uh, uh, you know, label to this. It's really nice to see, you know, that middle of the lineup come up in the ninth inning and us not roll over and die. I think that's that's something that, for as much as we're sitting here talking about this loss, frustrated, um, we do have to give a little bit of credit for it because they did make it interesting. And the players who are supposed to hit the ball, hit the ball in the situation. Uh, you look at this game overall, the White Sox didn't walk. They didn't walk a single time in the entire ball game. They may, they were able to manufacture seven runs without walking at all. That's impressive. Um, you got to be hitting the ball to do that, and they did. Um, the one thing that they had trouble doing is getting runners into scoring position. Only one for three with runners in scoring position tonight. They did it via the long ball, but also you know you, you go back and you talk about the McCann triple and Eli uh, sneaking one through there. That's the type of stuff that you're going to need to do. That's situational hitting. We saw that tonight. So, you know, from an offensive perspective, I feel like they did enough to win the ball game. That's why I'm super frustrated with, with the, the defensive side of things because you put up seven runs against <laughs> the Angels. You should be able to win this ball game. So, yeah, a little bit of credit to the offense tonight. Um, obviously, they didn't score enough runs to win the game. But, you know, you got to be playing on both sides of the ball in order to make sure that you can secure these victories. Um, you looked up and down this Angels lineup, dude. Outside of Trout, Otani, Upton, they're not really giving you much. You know, it, it's... Mm -hmm. it, and you're getting hits from guys like Fletcher and Dice and, and guys you've never even heard of tonight on, uh, on, this, uh, on the Angels. So... Yeah, it just yeah. Um, this this one stings a little bit, I think, because it was so winnable. It was so winnable, in, in my opinion. Very much so, and I think you in on it with the Angels' production there. I mean, th that this should just be something to look at going forward here, though, for the rest of the series. Trout hitting in the two hole, Otani at three, Upton at uh, the four cleanup spot. That's going to be your danger spot in the lineup, um, and you gotta either i mean honestly at this point sometimes you just gotta avoid trout the dude went four for four tonight yeah i know i think osage got him out i don't know what the deal with that is uh i forget exactly what the play was when he the one time he did not uh <laughs> you know record a hit base, yeah yeah uh, I, for, I forget exactly what happened there but man it, it, obviously you see it he's the best player in baseball there's no doubt about it everybody knows that he's got 40 home runs now leading the al um just don't pitch to him just yeah don't, exactly just don't pitch I, I was, to him I, I was uh 
I was at a different location to start this game to, from where I finished it, and I was on the way for Trout um, when he faced Fry and, you know, Ed Farmer and DJ for as m- much as, you know, some people can kind of <laughs> not be fans of them or whatever. But Farmer made a good point. He's like, hey, he's like, if you're not going to go and attack them and try and get ahead, like, just put them on. And then, you know, Fry walks him on four pitches. So you, you could just put him on and save your arm there um, for those four pitches. Th- I think that's just something that, getting back to my point here, they need to be cognizant of. Uh, he is the best player in the game. Uh, Otani, two for five uh, in this one. Upton, obviously, the big home run, uh, the three-run bomb. And he also scored two runs. I mean, <laughs> other than that, here, here's the other lineup, like you said, just randomly uh, scattered, I guess, throughout it. Here's the other thing, too, Johnny. You you look at this lineup. Nobody's hitting 300 in the Angels lineup. Uh, Trout's the closest, sitting there at 298. Um, you get past him and, and Otani, and you've got Upton, who's who's still hitting 215. I mean, that's that's not that's not overly dangerous. Obviously, we all know that the power is there. Um, but you could pitch to a lot of these guys. Once you get past the first three, 215, 286, 190, 246, 194, 139. Um, you, you go look at the White Sox lineup. We talk all the time about how putrid some of these lineups look. In, the Angels are sitting at 60 and 63 with a lineup that looks worse on paper than the White Sox do. What did um, I call them, Tony? Patchwork? Is that what yeah, they are? Yeah, the exactly. Angels. It's it's patchwork around Mike Trout, and that, and that just goes, that just goes to show you, Johnny, how great a ball player Mike Trout actually is, because he can carry this team, and you know that's exactly what he did tonight. The the middle of that order can carry that team. When you have star players, they can change a ball game on any given night. Baseball's a weird sport. We like to say that all the time. Now let's talk a little bit about this broadcast tonight. Jason Benetti in the booth by himself. Um, uh, went to the interview a lot tonight. I know you were you were out to start the game, um, so I'm not quite sure if you had game audio. But there was some weird stuff going on. Um, the people on the MLB TV feed uh, were unable to hear some of the guests because Benetti kept going back to the studio with Chuck Garfine and uh, Ozzie Guillen was in there. Um, so there were long periods of time where people who are streaming this game couldn't even hear anything because Benetti was letting them talk and it was just silent. And not only that, he kept going to player interviews and stuff. It just, the broadcast was not that great tonight, in my opinion. Um, it severely missed Steve Stone, but also why do you go to the studio a bunch of times if there's not going to be audio for a bunch of people. This is it's 2019, Johnny. There's a ton of people who are streaming this game. You know, I just felt like that mm-hmm. was something that the White Sox didn't really think out, or, or not the White Sox, but the broadcast team didn't really think out tonight. I've never seen so many people on Twitter um, commenting on a broadcast's shortfalls in a game. It just it felt like. Something was up with that. What are you, any thoughts on this one? Yeah. So when you said that, like the MLB TV stream, is there was there a certain thing where I mean, it's so weird, though, because you would think you can just go and select whichever broadcast you want. I know when I go and watch any other games or obviously I can't watch the White Sox ones because they're in market here. So I got to watch that on, you know, NBC Chicago or WGN, whatever it's on. Um but when I go, I can select whatever broadcast and you get the full one. And granted, this was a little bit of a broken one. So I will give Prasabinetti because it is a little hard to fill um, that time. And 
if he's talking the whole time, you know, he might drive himself crazy, uh, to be honest with you, because you're used to just playing off of somebody else. Um, I understand that side of it. But were, were those just not pat- patched in audio-wise to the well, apparently, MLB TV feed? Or apparently just... MLB TV does not allow the audio back from the studio into the broadcast. Not sure why. Oh, yeah. It doesn't seem to make yeah. sense, but they, they don't allow it. So here's my question. How do you not get, like, and I don't know some of these guys' schedules. Maybe they maybe they tried and it didn't work out. You know, you've seen guys like A.J. Pruszynski get back in the booth. I think mm-hmm. A.J. Pruszynski would have been a great guy to, to, to call against up. Against the Angels, say, especially. Yeah, against the Angels. Let's get A.J. in a game against the Angels to come broadcast and, and be that, the color guy. That conflict with Fox, his obligations there at all? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I don't know A.J. Pruszynski's schedule, but... Uh, you know he's he's called he called games last year. I, I'm pretty sure he was on Fox last year. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, but you no, know you're right. he, he was he was in the booth with with Hawk. Um, don't know what his his schedule is like tonight, but I just thought that would have been a wonderful opportunity. You could have filled uh, at least an inning or two of AJ Brzezinski talking about 2005. That, that this all went down in. Um, you could have had Scott Pitsetnik on. He, he's done a few games. Heck, you know, if you want to go to Ozzy, bring Ozzy on the trip, put him in the booth, put Chuck Garfine in the booth, put any of these guys in the booth, and then you don't you you avoid these technical difficulties or you know restrictions that that you have. It just it didn't seem it didn't seem right to me. Um, I'm sure NBC has enough money to fly Chuck Garfine or Frank Thomas, or any of these guys that are involved in the post-game show and put them on there. I know it's not their their official job duties, but you know, you'd think that they would get somebody out there. I know, but I think it's tomorrow we've got the Bill Walton game um, in this series. But, you know, if Stone's not going to be there, you got to fill the booth with somebody. Um, you know, yeah. you say credit to Jason Benetti, but, you know, I, I feel like they kind of set him up and hung him out to dry on this one. That's that's what I'm saying for him, him sticking yeah. it out. I mean, obviously the logistics behind that otherwise, then yeah, sure. Um, definitely some holes to be filled there. And, you know, they do have guys lined up for these Friday, Saturday, um, Sunday games uh, while Steve Stone is out. So um, the, it will be filled with that another personality actually in the booth so they don't have to do these remote sort of uh pickaways um from whoever they're talking to there so uh i I don't know man i know a lot of people are psyched about the bill walton thing but uh, i honestly think it's going to be totally insufferable i just want to get your thoughts on it i'm the same way um when we heard him call in last week dude that was some some rough stuff um you know i know benetti and and walton go back a little bit um you know but uh you know, our guy, uh, Pete Hand, keeps talking about it. They've been running this promo over and over again with uh, Bill Walton in a Padres shirt uh, throwing out the first pitch down in San Diego. It's just, it's just yeah, you know, I want to give a major shout out to the Chicago Tribune for being so just blind to what's going on that they keep putting out because when they when they tweet their articles, they don't it's they don't just put the link. So then it's like the promo link and then you have the whatever the featured photo is, they make it out of their way to tweet the photo along with it from TweetDeck, and it has the Padres Grateful Dead shirt. Very clearly says Padres across the top of the dead hat. You know what I'm saying? From both the reporter themselves, the Chicago sports account, the Chicago Tribune itself, um, just major, major kudos. Um, uh, I'll tell you what, you won't find that at OnTapSportsNet, so... 
Yeah, no, that's that's another frustrating thing too. It's it's incredible how I I, I don't want to say that they're completely blind to it. It could have been done on purpose. It could have just been. You know, somebody who's not really in tune with everything that's going on, I think, is more of the uh, the realistic uh, explanation for this. Because, you know, how do you how do you explain that? You know, how do you explain running the promo with the team that stole the prize free agent from you over the off season, and you just keep running this photo over and over again? Unless it's a really sick joke, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's bothersome. It's bothersome. It seems out of touch is, is my opinion on it. No, I agree. That's why I wanted to bring that up. Uh, and, you know, he did call out specific individual outlet, but that is where I've just seen it most frequently, Tony. So I had to comment on it. And like you had said, Pete Han was the one that brought it to our attention the first time. Um, and yeah, it's just, it just kind of uh, rubs salt in the wound a little bit. And, and I know it's Benetti and, Walton go back and that's the main story of it but have a little bit of awareness um, about what's going on around about this team because the people that are consuming that Tony are the ones that really care the the ones that are watching every game the ones that are up recording a post game show at 121 in the morning you know yep people who are invested I think is a good way to put it I would say so all right let's uh let's get into tomorrow's ball game Johnny and let's uh let's make some picks and uh, why don't you let the listeners know who those picks are brought to you by Picks Click on Socks on Tap are brought to you by SecondCityPicks.com. Second City Picks is a very simple concept, Tony. You go to SecondCityPicks.com. You enter your score prediction for either a White Sox or Cubs game. Uh, Final score, number of runs for each team. The tiebreaker is usually the number of White Sox or Cubs runs for that given day. And if you get it right, you win a gift card to a Chicago food establishment it's really simple. Secondcitypicks.com. You can follow them at Second City Picks on Twitter. They will usually tweet out which game they are promoting that day, uh, which one that you can make your selections for. Um, it's super easy and a good way to win some free food. So uh, I would recommend just going there. Uh, hopefully we have a White Sox game tomorrow to predict. And uh, hopefully my predictions from um our series prediction uh, part on Tri-Sax Weekly come true, and the White Sox are winning out the rest of the series, Tone. Yeah, they're going to have to. We talked a little bit about that on Tri-Sax Weekly and on Sox on Tap last night. Um, this was going to be a trap game. I don't think it really was a trap game, but uh, they ended up losing it. We're going to need to catch the next three, though. Um, so let's let's get into the probables. We'll make our picks to click real quick. Uh, probable pitchers to for tomorrow night is going to be Lucas Giolito going up against Patrick Sandoval. Giolito coming in with a 12-6 and record, 3.42 ERA, 171 strikeouts on the year. Sandoval, uh, no recorded games here, 0-0, 5.59 ERA, 12 strikeouts. Very winnable game again for the White Sox tomorrow. Um, see if they can they can pull this one out. Uh, pick to click. Um, you know, I went Eloy two games in a row. Uh, he, he did do some damage tonight, but not as much as your guy, Jose Abreu. Uh, I want to see a good game out of your guy, Larry Garcia, tomorrow. Um, back in the lineup, hopefully he is not at third base and in a more comfortable position for himself. And, you know, do some damage with the bat. How about you? 
you'd gone back to back with yours, Eloy. I'm going back to back with Jose. Um, well, I like the start of this hot streak that he did it quietly in that last game of the Astro series. Obviously, very um, evident tonight with the two home runs. Um, fireworks are cool and tough. And uh, let's see some more tomorrow night, Jose. There you go. I like it, Johnny. Uh, that's going to just about do it for us here at Sox on Tap tonight. Um, it was a late one. We got another one coming tomorrow. Uh, let's go, White Sox. Yeah, let's go, White Sox. Yeah.